Blaine, Mickey 1045 The Zone. Happy Friday to you. It is a Titans Friday. We are 25 and a half hours away. What? 20. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you 26, and, 26 and, a and a half. Please don't make me do math live oh, on the air. Man. Thank you, Lucas. You Let's that. erase that part of the show. 26 hours and 28 <laughs> minutes. It. I can do that part. 28 minutes, 26 <laughs> hours, 28 minutes away from playoff football in Nashville. Number one seed Titans hosting the Bengals. I got to admit, I, I I got a little, I'm a little tingly. I'm, I mean, I came in today. I'm driving in. I'm looking around the town and. I mean, the sun's shining. It's going to be cold tomorrow. The Bengals, you know, rolling into town. Number one seed, only the third time in history. Uh, you got this up-and-coming quarterback, Joe Burrow, who, by the way, what? he's only played 26 regular season NFL football games. He played 10 games last year, had a catastrophic knee injury. Right, ACL. Played 16 games set week 17, or week 18, game 17 this week. Guys only played 26 games in the NFL in one playoff. So 27 total, including a playoff game. Really interesting to see what's going to happen with him tomorrow. It's a great opportunity for Ryan Tannehill, who's been doubted by a lot of people all year. By the way, your best player is going to, at some point today during this program, they need to go ahead and announce. Well, they got to by 3 o'clock. Oh, that means they're going to do it during our show. You see the excitement there? They have to. 259. We're going to stay on to 305. I'm I'm call I call that's my shot. I called my shot. Three oh five. We're staying on because if they go past three oh five, it's too late. So they have to come on and tell us by three, right? Is that the three three is the deadline. Yeah, so are so, you pulling the Leo DiCaprio yeah, and Wolf I'm, of Wall Street? I'm gonna give it extra two minutes. Not bleeping leaving until they announce it. Three oh two. It's like the episode of Seinfeld where they were test driving the car and the fuel light came on and they just kept driving it. Yeah, yeah, it's a great episode. Never felt so alive. (laughs) So we're just gonna do it. Um, I mean, I rode halfway to Memphis one time in a guy in his Toyota Camry, and the fuel light was on halfway to Memphis from Johnsonville. We just kept on driving. My Toyota Camry too. Was it green? No, it was silver. Oh, I had a green one. It's the most sensible car there is, yeah. man. My wife and I had one. Very sensible. That was my first car that I bought uh, when I made to the league. <laughs> you, bought a sen- you bought a sensible car. Hey, let me ask you, four-cylinder or six? Oh, no, it was four-cylinder. <laughs> no, it was four-cylinder, man. I wasn't that, going that, anywhere. That smile as you drive home to Indiana. I did. I drove, it took me 16 hours to drive from uh, Houston to I- Indianapolis. And trust me, I was rolling. Was it new or gently used? Uh, it was uh, gently used. Okay, <laughs> yeah, it, it was new to me, but it was definitely. <laughs> I think it was a maybe a year old. Those you know? dudes you got drafted with were going and buying all these Porsches and Benz. Oh, they were. And you were like, "Oh no, I, hey man, no, I didn't even tell you. I didn't tell you the real story. The real story is, I waited a year, then I bought." A vehicle. You waited a year to well, buy a gently used Camry. Eight, eight months. Till the know. season was over. Yeah, till the season was over. Yeah. Then you went Camry shopping. Yeah, yeah. Here's how you put the fear factor into yourself when you're an NFL athlete and you're a late-round <sighs> pick or borderline guy on the roster. Never buy a car and always feel like you're trying to make the team each and every week. The fear factor. Hey, man, they may cut me this week. I got to make sure I be on my piece. I got to be my best every day. Yeah, so it never ended. And so that just carried on throughout my whole career. That's not just how I was. 
Hey, you cannot. You cannot let up. They're always trying to bring somebody in to, to take your job. They drafted a you know, safety after I got established. Oh, fourth round, third round, second round. I mean, they, they were continuing to try to get me, man. I'm like, no, I, I won't get God until the sniper gets me and I can't play and, and I get injured. And then there it was, IR. He shot you year in, year the, nine. in the abductus lungus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that was in Philly. But yeah. But Liz Franks has got me. Yeah, Mr. Liz and, and Mr. Franks. You can name all those guys, too, because I've heard you do it. Yeah. Yeah, and their rounds. Uh-huh. <laughs> that has to be weird, though. It's like, I'm literally, I'm in the Pro Bowl, and y'all trying to replace me? Yeah. But that's, that's the name of the game in the NFL. Yeah, if you don't come in there with a briefcase thing in this business... Man, you you got nothing coming. You will you will be in the league for not for long. Like, that's guaranteed. When yeah. you train guys, do you try to impart on them the business? I know you're trying to teach them how to oh. cheat coach to play okay. DB in the NFL, but are you trying to like, hey man, yeah, you got no business too? Yeah, just went over that uh, on Thursday. Yeah, about the business side of it, and you know, don't think that the veteran guy is going to always uh, be your crutch to to lean on to ask questions. He's only going to give you so much information unless. He wants you to do really well so then he can get cut and then go to another team and get another sign and bonus. So it's a business guy, and if once you figure it all out, then that's where you should be. Yeah. So everybody thinks it's hunky-dory, and I know everybody talks about, you know, the Titans and the players. Oh, yeah, you know, he's a great – you know, if a guy gives you a couple tips and tries to help you out, that's great. But he's not giving you all the tools. He's not giving you everything. There's no way. He's like, you are my friend, but you're also my enemy. I, I don't want to let go of my job anytime soon. When they start drafting guys to your spot, yeah, that's when you know. That's why I say, oh, it was a surprise they cut Jarrell Casey. It was, but it wasn't. As soon as they drafted Simmons, you knew, uh-oh. When they go first round, they they it's your spot, man, you better watch out. Yeah. <laughs> you show them a picture of that Camry? You still Ooh. got it? How long did you keep that thing? Oh, I had it for a minute. I, I could say it was in my family forever. Oh, okay. So yeah. it got passed down like a family heirloom. Yeah. I got yeah. you. Sure enough. I, I think it was just uh, out of the family literally one and a half or two years ago. My grandmother had it. Mm-hmm. And I, what year was this thing purchased? In 1994. <laughs> she was rolling in that day too till till 90 <laughs> and it was in great shape too by the way oh sure yeah yeah, yeah it was i'm all take care of cars it had those old nice uh rims and tires i put on there oh you put rims and tires but on. then that you know you know flashy but right it's, it's still it's stock. a four-cylinder camera yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing flashy. you gotta understand what you're dealing with uh i found this found this stat you know me i love stats i got stats for today yeah might save a couple for tomorrow for that league company pregame show, but uh, we talked so much about Derrick Henry. In the eight games that Derrick Henry played for this team, I know there's other factors, but this is just, boy, this is an easy one. In the eight games that Derrick Henry played, the Titans averaged 28 points per game. And the nine games that he didn't, they averaged 21. Uh-oh. Is that not bananas? Oh, that, that's a good one there, old mixer. Yeah, because it could be just the fact that, you know, Henry's elite game-breaking speed, uh, some of those long runs, uh, I can just recall a couple of formants, Henry would have been out the gate. Yep. And that would have been seven instead of maybe three. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, you know, he's a superstar, as we put out the tweet. You know, he's he's a special talent, uh, you know, 
who is the the biggest superstar in Titans history. And we all know who the guys on there. I'll let you kind of go down a little bit of the list. We got some you can kind of pick out. It's on the Blaine and Mickey uh, Twitter handle. Uh, Biggest star in Titans history, Air McNair. Yes, sir. Uh, Eddie. Eddie. Eddie George. Eddie. No doubt. And we all know. Freak out. Yeah. Javon Curse. Or the king. Or the king. So literally, you got Air. You got E.G., you got the freak and the king. They all have nicknames. Eddie needs a better nickname. Oh, man. Did he have a nickname in the building? Because he was always just uh, Eddie, E.G. I mean, he. No. I don't remember anybody ever calling I, him anything. I called him E.G. I, I don't know. Mm-mm. Nah. He Air, didn't. freak, king, and Eddie. Yeah. And Edward Nathan. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, man. Check it out, man. That, that's a tough one for me, man. You know, I'm always going to be biased to my, my former teammates, but, man. I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to go against well, it. Well, you sent me this, what, about 6.50 or something this, this morning. morning. Yeah. And I thought, I'm going to save this to post till we go on the air. This is tough because there's like 25-year-old guy listening. He's like, oh, it has to be Derrick Henry. He's a big star. Right. But if you're older than that and you remember the original Titans, yeah. I mean. And I don't know if it's because like social media and how much more presence you have. Or is it just he's a bigger Superstar than those guys. Uh, you know, so, man, that's a, ooh. And then you're going over a quarterback? Yeah. Boy, you're supposed to be the star amongst the stars. And, Always and, the quarterback. And I don't know where Javon Curse is going to fall in this. Mm. But hopefully. It it's hard. Now you know because you were you were you had a front row seat to it. You were literally watching it unfold in front of you on a weekly basis. Had he not broken his foot? had things continued for him like they continued. Mm. The Titans put out a highlight video of his a couple days ago, and it was all these stories like you tell all the time. I'm like, oh, I know that story because Blaine told it. There's one where you guys are chasing the same guy down the field. You told him, don't ever do that again. I'll, I'll clip you. Yeah, I can't get that on tape, man. That play showed up. I, I know. I saw it. <laughs> I saw it. And, I, and that's when I was on film like, hey, man, we running stride for stride. That's not a good picture for a DB and a, and a D lineman. That D lineman. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was like, oh, man. I, I, so right after that, I told you, I, I had to go tell him, say, hey, man, that's not going to happen again. Matter of fact, you want to race. Then we went out there. He was like, yeah, let's go. I was like, oh, no, I'm not racing, man. My hamstring is tight. I knew daggone well I could not beat him. And not in no 40. And pretty, pretty much not in anything. <laughs> so, especially once I saw him run around Samari, and I knew I could be Samari. Well, yeah, so, yeah, that yeah, that whatever. I said, hey, man, I'm going to have to clip you next time, bro. Well, we'll keep you updated on this poll again. Steve McNair, Eddie George, Javon Cursor, Derek Henry, who's the biggest star in Titans history? This this might be content director Blaine Bishop's best poll question he's ever come up with. And again, this blew my mind. I had to sit at the table and think about this. For oh, a while. man. Got former teammates are texting me now. I have to interrupt you, giving me nicknames for Eddie. Is it uh, things we can say on the radio? Uh, well, I'm going to just say one because it may can be funny. <laughs> E.T. <laughs> and I was like, he's not phoning home. I did not know that. I don't know if that's real or not. And that was from an offensive guy. And I'll let you guys figure it out, but I also played with him in college. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that was pretty easy to figure out. He played wide receiver. <laughs> yeah, I know who that is. Uh, he was pretty good, too, that guy. Um, that, human, that particular human being that you're talking about could literally fly. 
He could fly through the air, the guy that you're talking about. Oh. Uh, that former I, Ohio State guy. Yeah, I think uh, it's going to be interesting. The fastest Titan in a, in a, you know in their history, uh, it has to be between Chris Sanders, who we're talking about, Tiptoe, and CJ2K in his prime. And I, re- I think in a 40, ooh, it may be CJ. I, I don't know. But in a 100, nobody's beating Chris Sanders. It ain't, it ain't close. He the fastest dude in Titans history. Uh-uh. Yeah, this dude was an Austin on Olympic team, man. Dude, dude, this guy. He could jump, too. Long yeah, it would be closer to 40. I would still give the edge to Chris, but it would be an interesting one because CJ could get out in his prime when he was doing all those jump cuts and just take off. He was making it look really easy. He made it look easy on a field of NFL players, players yeah. which is impossible. Yeah, he did. He did. But now Sanders averaged like 20 yards per catch for his career, yeah, which did. is impossible. Chris had a yeah he had a, had a back injury kind of curtailed him there at the end uh, in there at year eight and then or he would have played forever man that guy could freaking fly and I mean with the wind he could all right biggest star in Titans history that's the poll question up on Blaine and Mickey Buck Rising is going to join us next <clears throat> we'll talk to Buck we can take phone calls on this in the last segment of the hour and the first segment of the two o'clock hour also got a Bengals rider. Uh, Charlie Goldsmith, who's going to join us today. We'll get the inside story from inside Cincinnati. It's all coming up. Big Friday, big, big Blaine and Mickey show. What up, Chris Sanders? We'll be right back. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. It's a Friday ahead of a Saturday Titans game. That's right. Number one seed will get you the early afternoon game. Apparently, that's the way that works. Uh, Tennessee Titans taking on the Bengals tomorrow as part of the Lee Company Countdown to Kickoff Show. You'll hear this guy. You hear him on the install in A to Z Sports. You hear him all across your dial on The Zone all week. Buck Rising joins us now. As always, courtesy of Two Rivers Ford, home of the nine commission salespeople. Buck, have you recovered from that bite of hot chicken from the end of the show yesterday yet? I, Lucas ate the whole damn thing. I brought it back to the studio from him, and he just put it down while you guys were on the air. It was disgusting. I don't know how he did it. Yeah, he's not human when it comes to stuff like that. I've watched him eat wings before that the rest of us couldn't touch. It burned our literal skin, and he shoved them in his face like they weren't even doing anything. I will say I sometimes regret doing these things, okay. but I always go back. <laughs> yeah, no, then clearly you don't regret them. You're just you're just a sick individual. But, yeah, I'm doing much better. Thank you for asking. Well, you're doing well. Uh, it's week 20, and nobody didn't practice uh, yesterday. What do you think about that? I think that's as good an outcome as you could possibly ask for, right? I mean, especially given how often the conversations that we've had, uh, all of us across all of the different platforms we've had about basically – who's not playing throughout the course of the season. I mean, the Tier Tart thing is the only uh, only uh, player who's questionable at this point, been dealing with an ankle. It's been some time since he's been on the field. But, yeah, I mean, both sides really are in pretty good shape, especially for the Bengals, given that they've just had to play on wild card weekend. Um, for the Titans, though, you've got as uh, a good a chance and really as good an offense as you've had all year long still kind of pending that Derrick Henry activation at 3 p.m. right after you guys wrap up. Yeah, that's coming for sure. What, 350 or 258, rather, somewhere along? And, and I mean, it's coming because he spoke to the media. There's no way it's not coming. But uh, dang it, man, can't you just not drop it in the next, you know, 
You got some insight on for us yeah. there, uh, Buck? That they're going to drop it here like in 30 minutes or something? There's zero percent chance Mike Vrabel does it any time before he has to, Blaine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, man, he can surprise you. You just never know. Gotta keep you on not your likely. You're right. You're right. Not, not likely. <laughs> the surprise would be if he surprised us. Yeah. Absolutely. Buck Rising, yeah. our guest, uh, his weekly spot here on Blaine and Mickey. Well, Buck, uh, you know, going into this game, the Bengals have a high-flying offense. But, uh, you know, what, I guess, matchups are you going to be watching and looking forward to throughout the game? Or, you know, some guys that also who nobody's talking about that could be an X factor in this game. Well, I mean, yeah, that's that's a good question, Blaine, because, I mean, you talk about Dan Crookshank and the way that he's been matched up on tight yeah. ends all year long mm-hmm. when they're in their dime personnel. Um, he's, not a, he's not a full-time player, but he's really seemed to embrace that role. And C.J. Uzoma is not, you know, he's not their biggest threat because they have plenty of options, but he is a critical target for Joe Burrow on third downs, and he is an explosive yes. playmaker if you allow him to be. I think that's a really interesting maybe under-the-radar matchup to talk about. You know, obviously people will go into detail on uh, Jamar Chase and Christian Fulton or Jack Rabbit, assuming that he is going to be okay, and it sounds like he is going to be okay at this point, uh, going up against C. Higgins or however they end up doing it. I don't necessarily think it's going to be cat coverage out there. They'll probably play match coverage and try and make sure that they give themselves the best opportunity to have help in those situations for the corners instead of just leaving them out on an island. Because you know this better than I do, Blaine. If you if you have one-on-ones in those situations, if you just throw it up to receivers like Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, they're going to win those matchups more often than not or at least get a favorable penalty call. So I think that that is going to be really the, the Titans' defense versus the Bengals' offense is the most intriguing one to me because I feel and and maybe this is misguided maybe this is just recency bias and caught up in all the hype around Derek but I really feel like the Titans offense is in a good position to be able to keep pace that that Bengals defense has been good and they've done well to rebuild it in free agency prior to the season beginning but um, they they have the advantage there as far as how they like to play and what parts the Bengals are missing particularly on the defensive line. Mm. Well, what would be your plan if you're uh, the Titans' defense to kind of contain Burrow and crew? Or are you you're playing a lot of zone, or are you just letting your front four get after them? I, I kind of take us through a little bit about what would be your plan of attack mentally to go off of Burrow, who seems to be a, a wily veteran already. Yeah, I mean, you know, not not a I'm no Coach Mack, right? But definitely mm-hmm. trying to create pressure on Joe Burrow. And depending on how you would do it, Blaine, like they love those zone exchange pressures. It's yeah. not necessarily a blitz, but they'll drop Harold into coverage or they'll drop Bud Dupree into coverage. They'll send Molden or David Long as the fourth man in those four-man pressures because I think people get too caught up in the idea of four-man pressures just means your front four or your two down defensive linemen and your two edge defenders uh, in Bud Dupree and Harold Landry. But I think if you basically – Show Joe a lot of different looks that he's that he's uh, that he's not necessarily seen or that he's still early in his career. If you can get him a little less comfortable, you're never going to make him outright uncomfortable. One of the best things about Joe Burrow is that he just remains so even keel despite the circumstances that he's in. I mean, I think twice in their game against the Chiefs, they were down by a 14 point deficit, and he found ways to get them back into that game. But if you can just show him different looks and create these kind of pressures that they've done successfully all year long and make the quarterback see things that he may not necessarily 
or see things that he thinks are openings to be able to take advantage of, and all of a sudden you have Jeffrey Simmons sitting in your face mask. I think those uh, those disguises that they like to do in coverage are going to be a big part of that. You're, you're probably going to see a healthy bit of man and zone. In fact, I would I would imagine you would see more zone than man just because of how difficult these are these guys are to you know stick with um, for an entire game like that. What's your expectation? We're on with Buck Rising uh, from the Buck Rising Show right here on 104.5 The Zone. Uh, expectation for Julio Jones because it's been, uh, you know, lackluster for us here in the regular season with his injuries in and out of the lineup. But if he plays uh, well, I'm not even going to say great or, you know, spectacular, but if he plays solid and is the difference in this playoffs, is all forgiven? Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You kidding me? Yeah, I don't. I don't care about the regular season anymore. It's playoff times, Blaine. Give me, give me something. Give me something that looks like Week 18 against Houston um, in the divisional round to help you advance to hosting the AFC Championship game, or you know, even in a better situation in an AFC Championship game to advance to the Super Bowl. Like if the Titans make the championship game and Julio Jones is a contributor, no matter what the kind of con- contributions look like. I think that you can deem this a success. He's, he's brought in here to have the kind of impact at this particular time that we all know Julio is still physically capable of doing. His body seems to have held up well throughout the last couple of weeks, and it helps that they've had you know, a few more breaks throughout the course of the second half of the season and really the final stretch where you've got some extra time to rest after Thursday night football. You've got the first round by and you've got that late bye week as they did after the New England game. So it seems to kind of align, not perfectly, but as good as humanly possible for Julio Jones to be at a level that he can give you legitimate contributions, legitimate snaps, as you saw with Ryan Tannehill, certainly in the second half of that game against the Texans. And it seems that they're pretty comfortable with one another, the quarterback and Julio, in ways that we haven't quite seen throughout the early going of the season. Going with Buck Rising from the Buck Rising Show here on 104.5 The Zone. Buck, this offense scored 13 points four times this year in games. Last year, they only scored 13 once, and it was in the playoff loss to the Ravens. That was their lowest total of the season. Derrick Henry in that game, 40 yards on 18 carries. Does this offense now with a healthy Julio, with with AJ, uh, does it have a counterpunch if the Bengals just say, Derrick Henry, the run game, not beating us? That's a good question. I, if you get into that style of a game, you're you're taking yourself out of um, your most advantageous position, right? And you're not going to be able to play a perfect game. Now, can you trust Ryan Tannehill to drop back and win you a, a football game if he has to throw the ball 40 times? I, I don't necessarily know what the answer to that is. But what I'll tell you, Mickey, is that they are as well equipped for a counterpunch in the passing game if they do negate the uh, the abilities of Derrick Henry or Deontay Foreman um, in the running game, because they did well. But I will say for that Ravens game, it was a much different offensive line, specifically in the running game on the left side, because Taylor Lewan had been lost for the season at that point. Taylor's biggest impact was on third and six plus, the drop-off in 2020 from the Titans offense in third and six plus situations with Taylor versus without Taylor was noticeable. But you saw how much David Questenberry on the left side of that line got taken advantage of. Taylor and Saffold and really Ben Jones, they've been playing high-level football down the stretch this last month 
Um, and given the fact that they've just now had the opportunity to stay healthy at the same time and to be able to finish games together. I I think that they are well-equipped. Whether they can do it, though, we're going to have a lot of discussions about Ryan Tannehill specifically, no matter the outcome of this game, guys. And I think this is going to be a great opportunity for him to show Titans fans and a lot of people who just don't think much about Ryan Tannehill at all, one way or the other. Um, that he is capable because I do believe him to be capable of winning a football game like this. I told Blaine, I just, I just got curious and looked and I, I went to pro football reference and I just searched Titans point totals for the first eight games with Derrick Henry, uh, with him in the lineup, they averaged 28 points in the nine games that he didn't play. They averaged 21. They averaged Mm. seven points less. I know there's other factors. I know there's other stuff that goes into it. But that's a pretty big sample size for both numbers, eight and nine, seven points difference. That blew my mind. Well, I mean, I I, I get it, but I, respectfully, Mickey, it really shouldn't. Like he's he's a hell of a he's a hell of a lot harder to stop in the red zone than most running backs. There's yeah. a skyscraper at the position, and you see how much more productive their red zone offense is because it is so much. When you get in the red zone, and Blaine knows this, and Mickey, you know this as well. When you get in the red zone, it's just much more condensed. It's harder to execute what you want in the passing game. You saw Joe Burrow against the Raiders, got in the red zone five times, and they stalled out having to kick field goals three of those trips. It just gets much, much harder if you can't run the football. And with Derek, it's a hell of a lot easier to run the football in those tight spaces because he's just bigger, faster, and stronger than everybody, and it helps your scoring percentages, helps your red zone percentages as well when you have a running back that physically overwhelming. Yeah, I just think of guys like Todd Furman, and we would ask them, gosh, if this guy goes out, how much does it affect the line? And it was always a point or a a half a point. Mm -hmm. And we were like, no, but it's this guy. No, it's a point. It's a half a point. Well, here's quantifiable seven points that Derrick Henry plays and doesn't play. That's that's more where I was leaning with that. Uh, Buck Rising joining us here on Blaine and Mickey chopping it up right now. Well, Buck, we just spit out a poll. I'd love to hear your your thoughts on this. Uh, you were here for some of the guys anyway, uh, and that was uh, who's the biggest star in Titans history? McNair, Eddie George, the Freak, uh, Derrick Henry, the King. So we got the Freak, the King, and Air. And I've been told by uh, Chris Sanders in college, Eddie George is called E.T. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, I'm just saying what he said. <laughs> oh, I love Chris so Sanders. Who, um, so who, who you got here, man, and why? Man, that's a good question. Uh, because you you almost can't tell the story of McNair or Eddie without one another. Mm. Um, but if you had to separate them, I mean – just and and you hate to do it just because Eddie's still around but I mean Eddie transcends so much right like he is still the most famous person as far as I'm concerned associated with the Tennessee Titans and, and really across generations now what what Steve did and what the you know the position that Steve played at the quarterback and of course how he met his untimely end that's all a big part of not just, you know, Titans history, but in in Oilers history, in the NFL history. Like Steve McNair was a co-MVP at the quarterback position. His his value and his importance and his credibility with the Titans franchise and Oilers franchise can't be undermined. But, I mean, just because of longevity, I I would – I don't know how you couldn't say Eddie. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense, though. You know, you got Eddie George, the Ohio State legend, Heisman, Madden, Broadway, now coach. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a, it's a tough one. 
Derrick Henry, let me say this. It got to be Eddie George right now, but Derrick Henry's story is still not uh, finished. So we never know uh, until uh, his career and maybe even outside of his career uh, how it uh, will all end up. And that's going to be fascinating to watch, Blaine, because, mm-hmm. like, how, how does he respond, right? We're all, you know, we're all operating under the assumption, and because Derrick Henry has for so long been superhuman, that Derrick Henry is going to go right back to being superhuman. Um, this is the first in-season kind of adversity, other than being behind DeMarco Murray, that this guy has ever faced physically. He's always been more physically imposing, even at the NFL level. It's what makes him so crazy. Um, but this second half or the second chapter of the Derrick, I guess it's probably not a second chapter. You know what I'm trying to say. The next mm-hmm. part of his career is going to be an interesting one to cover because I don't necessarily know where it goes. Yeah, no doubt. All right, Buck, we know you got to go a little early just on the way out. You don't have to give us a prediction. Just tell us, how are you feeling about this matchup, Titans-Bengals? Oh, I feel good. So, of course, they're doomed. Uh, every time you guys ask me this, <laughs> I lose it. Kind of guess. I didn't ask for a prediction, feel- though, this time. No, no, you're right. I mean, you you were very respect, respectful of my uh, hatred for score predictions. But yes. I will tell you that if they don't win this damn game, there's going to be a lot. There's going to be a lot of scrutiny on what the hell happened because there are precious few reasons why they should lose. Amen. Well, Bob, go drink some milk, wash down the rest of your hot chicken, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow at uh, Nissan Stadium, buddy. All right, guys. See you then. Yes, sir. Have a buck rising. All right, we do have a question on Blaine and Mickey right now. And the question is, biggest star in Titans history? Boy, this is a simple one today. Uh, we had an answer. Somebody said, "Don't you, can't you or shouldn't you or don't you need to put CJ2K on this list? Mm. My response was, he's an absolute legend, but we only had four spaces. Yeah, yeah. CJ you can 2K. add CJ2K 100%. to that. 100%. So there's a vote for Especially CJ2K. 2000. So tough. Steve McNair, Eddie George, Javon Curse, Derrick Henry. And if you want to add CJ2K, give us your input. So we'll throw him in there. We'll update the votes. Uh, a lot of people voting in this, and we just put it out a few minutes ago. We can read you some of the responses that are next. Also, uh, got some numbers, Vegas numbers on Derrick Henry. Yards for tomorrow, over-under. Derrick Henry carries for over-under. This is Vegas. They build really big buildings because they know numbers. I'll share those numbers next. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. I uh, got these numbers earlier today from betonline.ag. So, to me, this has been the big question. I, we've asked just about everybody this. Like, what do you expect to see from Derrick Henry? How much do you think we'll see of the King this week? What do you think? How many carries do you think he was? Okay. Well, Las Vegas, <laughs> I think was they were kind of hesitant to put out odds, but there are odds now. I actually got a message from a Las Vegas person saying, hey, tell me whether or not Derrick Henry's getting activated this week. I said, oh, no. He, he spoke to the media. There's no way... Something terrible would have to happen between now and tomorrow at 3 o'clock for him not to get activated. Vrabel's just waiting until the last minute. Uh, we just looked. We had somebody tweet us and said, who are they going to cut to make room for him? Only 52 on the roster. I counted it twice, forwards and backwards, yeah. up and down. Yeah, better you than me. Uh, if they decide to activate Tory Carter, then they'd have to cut somebody because that'd oh. be two. Oh. So he's also in that same uh, return-to-play protocol that Derrick Henry is. Here's what Las Vegas said. Yards over-under for Derrick Henry 85 and a half. He hasn't played since Halloween. Had surgery, what, the Tuesday? Had surgery two days later? 85. How many carries? 
20 and a half. Oh. You ready to hit those overs? 85 and a half I might hit. He's got fresh legs. He might get loose on a couple of plays. May have a couple 25-yard runs. That would beef up his total pretty good. 20 and a half carries? Hasn't played in a game since they Halloween. with that half crap. Well, I know. That's how they get you. Yeah, knowing you can't half a... <laughs> I might have done 19 and a half. Just say, okay, is he going to get it 20 years or he not going to get it 20? But, again, they build giant buildings with lots of lights on them. It's, they're shiny. If the tight, if it goes the Titans' way he and he stays healthy the whole way and looks good, it, I would say over. Because if he, the more he's carrying the ball, that means they're controlling the clock, and that means that uh, the Bengals' offense is on the sideline. Yep. That means they're winning. So they, they got them. Yeah, three and a half, it all goes into play with their, you know, the odds are saying. Mm, I like it. I, I I want more than that though. Twenty carries. Oh, he got to hit a, at least a, like one hundred two. He got to get the honey hundo. Yeah, he got to get that. Let's ask Lucas Panzeca. He's a young guy. I could see him, you know, taking some money out of his wallet and throwing some down on something like this. Derrick Henry, BetOnline.ag. Lucas yards over under eighty five and a half. His carries. This was the number that really surprised me. Over under twenty. And a half. So not just 20. He's got to get to 21 to hit the over on this rascal. Yeah, that's a high number. I'd, I'd imagine. I mean, that only happens if the Titans are really controlling the line of scrimmage, right? Mm-hmm. So if they're not. And they're up. That number, yeah, right. That number hits hits the under. So my guess is with that number being thrown out there on sports books, that Vegas is pretty confident the Titans will be able to control the line of scrimmage. If you just look at this matchup, the control in the line of scrimmage part would seem to be somewhat in the Titans' favor, especially, let's say, with the offensive line. They're finally all playing together. They're, they've all managed to stay on the field and play together, like in the first for the first time what, in the last two games. Bengals are missing Larry Ogunjobi, who's one of their top defensive linemen. And then on the other side, Titans' defensive line, you got, I mean, you got an all-pro in Jeffrey Simmons. Danico Autry could have been an all-pro. Supposedly although we were told this last year and their offensive line did a fantastic job controlling what they needed to control in the game against, but that was a different Titans defense, but especially the right set of their offensive line, maybe more vulnerable than their left, but the Titans do have a chance Blaine to control this game in the trenches. They really do. This is a great chance for them. Yeah. And then, you know, they're, they're going to sell out. So they're going to be playing a lot of, you know, safety free there, uh, you know, against the Titans and uh, saying, hey, man, we're going to put everybody in the box and see if we can uh, stop the running game. I, I think all those, you know, there's advantages all over the place for the Titans there. And that's why, you know, that's how you defend the Bengals. But one thing that hasn't been talked about, I went back and watched the game for the second time when they played the Titans last year, even though it's a different defense. He kind of still does it today. When he scrambles around uh, Burrow, uh, he, he likes going to his right. Right. Mm-hmm. I watched it last night. It was on. So it, yeah. was, it was just like, man, he keeps going to his right. And so I'm wondering if they're going to do some form of keep that in account, whether they're blitzing or when they're doing their stunts up front to keep him in the pocket on their their left side. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I know a thing we used to have, and he didn't scramble, but Mark Brunel's throw since he was left-handed mm-hmm. Like 80% of the passes were going to his left or right. Mm. Yeah. And it kind of always matched up with uh, Jimmy Smith 
mostly, but it wasn't it wasn't as bad. But he threw that way the majority of the time, and he scrambled that way. Yeah, yeah. So it was kind of we built some defenses uh, around that uh, with Greg Williams. It was one you know one of the other secret sauces that we had. And we scouted, and we didn't even figure that out until, when I say we, the coaching staff, really until that maybe the end of the second time we played them and then the third time we went into the game knowing pretty much we felt like we knew almost all their their plays, like how they were going to run them. Yeah. And they, it, we, we got very comfortable, and I think that was probably the, you know, why we got them that third time, at least defensively, because they had too many weapons. It's kind of just like – you know, you look at Burrow and those guys, and we, you know, you you do the same thing. You try to run the clock. Well, guess what? We put up thirty because we had special team touchdowns. Right. I mean, we, you know, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. so you get the advantages that way, and then they start throwing it around, and all of a sudden, you know, now the you know the D line is putting their ears back and said, "Okay, well, we're about to come after you. Let's, let's see how you like it." So, only thing you got to say if if that happens is, will the D line get tired of mm-hmm. rushing the passer if they get if they get up? I, I wanted to be kind of a not a close game, but the Titans up comfortably, you know, and that way that they kind of continue to kind of play the game where because they're going to throw it. I, I think they have kind of they've kind of gotten away from mixing. I don't know why. I think they should dink and dunk and try to run the football mm-hmm. just to see if they can to keep the Titans honest, right? Because you have to. If you don't, then they're going to pin their ears back and they're going to get they're going to get them. There's no way they can let that. And they had it fresh legs too. And they had some time off. Those dudes in the trench, they're going to be hunting. And I mean, like no other. And then that energy from the stadium as defensive guy, that's where the energy gets built up. Uh, and they're going to be loud. So it's, it's going to be fun to watch. I was thinking about Burrow has to be, I mean, I know we're all talking about him. But man, there's some great young quarterbacks in this league. Man, he, he's got to be the number one. I mean, we, even uh, you could talk about the kid from the Jets, Wilson, you got uh, Herbert, uh, Murray. Man, Burrow. Is probably the best. I, I mean, man, he's a cool customer. I don't know. What do you think, Lucas? I think he wins MVP in the next two seasons. Two seasons, man. You he, guys, he's, you he guys does. had this discussion earlier this week. Yeah. I heard you and Buck talking about it one day, and you said this guy's an MVP candidate caliber player, which I agree with. He's oh, done yeah, he's something in that now. He's me. done something this year that no Titans quarterbacks ever done. Throw for over four thousand yards. He did that in year two. Yeah. Well, they, uh, I don't know. I think I can get 3,000, Lucas, with those weapons. <laughs> well, uh, oh, that, no, that, that only helps his case, right, <laughs> yeah. for being an MVP in the near future. Those guys are going to be around for a while. A uh, question that's out right now. Blaine and Mickey Twitter, biggest start in Titans history. Uh, Javon Curse has 1% of the vote, 1% for the freak. That tells me there's uh, some people who aren't young enough to remember his impact. Eddie George is in third place. He has 20 Derrick Henry has 30%. Eric er, McNair right now, the runaway with 49%. Whoa! Air the McNair. quarterback, yes, huh? Sir. He's an MVP. He sure was. MVP. Uh, Air a lot of people weighing in on this. Did, we added CJ2K because we only had one, you know, we didn't have enough yes. spots, but we added him. You know, he was a heck of a player in his own right for sure with 2,000 yards rushing. And he was actually must watch and go to game. I mean, because every time he touched the ball, I felt like it was like high school again, like he was going to score. I mean, I I believe that. I was standing up. Like, oh, where's he? Uh oh, he's going to break loose. So, yeah, we added CJ2K. So, if you want to, you know, give a vote for CJ2K, he is on there.
Yeah, just reply if you've got a. Uh, I added them. A vote for you. Blaine did. <laughs> I did as well. We can add that uh, via Blaine and Mickey Twitter account. But anyway, well over 400 votes already. Uh, Steve McNair, the runaway right now. So not even any recency bias. Most of the time, people just vote on the guy that they see everywhere. Oh, Derek Henry, because he's right now. Number nine, still uh, still getting it done in this, in this poll. All right. And now, Henry, number three. Uh, yeah. The king. The king. Uh-oh. And, and the Kong didn't even get no votes. <laughs> that's, that's Simmons. Uh, <laughs> all right. We'll come back. Hour number two. It is a big Titans Friday. You got something you want to talk about? Call in 615-737-1045. We'll hear from the Bengals perspective in a little over 20 minutes. Charlie Goldsmith, one of their beat writers, will join us and call your shot at 245. Blaine and Mickey, 1045 The Zone.